Good afternoon. This is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design franchise, where we talk about everything embedded, everything from automobiles and trains and industrial down to consumer electronics, which is where we're taking the discussion this week on our Embedded Executives podcast. My special guest this week is Scott Hansen, who is the founder and CTO of Ambic. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well, Rich. Thanks. So you and I have, have done this once before. It was a couple of years ago when Ambic, well, it wasn't in its infancy, infancy, well, that's a tough word to say, infancy, infancy? Anyway, at the beginning of its time, um, but it wasn't a full-blown running out the door with, with lots of products. But sure. you're at that point now. So let, let's have that discussion. First, briefly, what's happened in the, I'll say two years since we last did a podcast. Well, tell you what, it's been an exciting time, and uh, we are so we sell the world's most energy efficient chips. We're selling uh, ARM-based microprocessors, Bluetooth-based uh, devices, and it's all about making stuff smarter, right? Uh, making uh, everything intelligent. The big thing that's happened is that our volume has exploded, which I, th- I think is is important for a couple things. One thing is. We've, we've proven our value proposition across a wide range of markets. So we're, we're everywhere in wearables, in animal trackers, in smart cards, in utility meters, headphones, you name it, anything with a battery. And uh, it adds up to serious volume. So we've shipped in excess of 60 million units at this point. Uh, we'll cross over the 100 million threshold this year. Um, and probably more importantly, from the, the company standpoint, at a business level, we're doubling revenue annually uh, every year for the last three years, and it looks like we'll continue that for the next several years. So it's been an exciting time, um, and I, I think probably that from a technology standpoint, the interesting thing is that, uh, that the technology is now proven. So we've shown that this whole sub-threshold thing that enables low power is, uh, is viable. Okay, so I was just about to ask you about that. Um, there's some secret sauce there with the sub, sub-threshold thing, as, as you labeled it. But to be honest with you, does it even matter? From, from the embedded system developer standpoint, he just needs to know what's coming out of those pins, right? It doesn't matter what goes on inside the chip itself. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right about that, and that's something we've really prided ourselves on, is I want to make sure that when a developer, when an embedded developer picks up our chip, it looks the same as everybody else's chip. It just consumes 10 times less power, right? It should be kind of a magical experience. And it, you know what? It, it matters because we're going into a lot of really highly critical systems. We're going into systems where companies are shipping millions of units, and they want to know that the stuff inside of it works. And I think we've proven pretty unequivocally at this point that, that the technology works and, and reliably. So let's talk about that, what the developer needs to know. Is it just any other microprocessor that just has super low power, or are there other things that the developer needs to do to make this stuff work? Yeah, so to first order, it's, it's exactly that. It's, it's the same microprocessor that you can buy from ST or NXP or Silicon Labs. It just consumes a whole lot less power. And so if you use it in the exact same way that you use every other MCU uh, or every other RFSOC, um, you're going to get just magically much lower power. Now, we also have a lot of uh, hooks inside there for really driving power down further. So we've got uh, ways to make um, peripherals be autonomous, for example. We've got uh, something we call command queue that allows, that allows, say, a spy interface 
uh, or another serial interface to, to manage itself and queue up various instructions and, and do all of this without uh, processor involvement or even the, the DMA engine's involvement. So it's a, uh, I think to first order, you can use it like anything else, but if you're that power user that really likes to go to the next level, we've got some really interesting uh, hooks inside that make, make for more efficient operation. So we've both used the term really low power a few times in this conversation. Let's quantify that for somebody so, sure. so we can put some perspective around it. So we live in, the, we live in a microwatt and milliwatt world at Ambic Micro. Uh, our, the, the tagline number for our latest microprocessors is uh, 6 microamps per megahertz. And, and what that means is for every 1 megahertz of, uh, of um, compute power that you want to use, uh, you're going to spend about 6 microamps out of a 3.3 volt supply. And uh, so you start saying, well, I want, I want 10, uh, 10 megahertz of operation. Well, it's going to cost you uh, 60 microamps. And uh, that's phenomenally low compared to other solutions out there. Um, the best solutions we're seeing are on the order of 30 microamps per megahertz. So we're, we're considerably lower uh, than them. Uh, and I think the important thing is we're, we're going lower. We've got, I like to tell uh, my customers that my roadmap goes up and to the right, and that means that every year you can expect us to have something that's more energy efficient, that's faster, that's got more memory, more cores. Uh, and so that next generation is going to see a number that's considerably below uh, 6 microamps per megahertz. Okay, so we know that everything comes with a trade-off. What's the downside? Uh, the, the major downside is, uh, is speed, um, which in the deeply embedded world is not that big of a deal, especially as we've scaled to, to uh, more advanced nodes. Um, but our products to date have maxed out at about 100 megahertz, so you're not going to see us building an, uh, a next-gen 2 gigahertz processor for, for a, a cell phone or something like that. Uh, but we can um, definitively get into that hundreds of megahertz zone. We have a new product coming uh, that we'll be sampling in the next few months that uh, actually runs at considerably higher than 100 megahertz and, and has multiple cores and, and in fact has some support specifically for uh, inference for, uh, for neural networks. So um, you're going to see a pretty massive increase in the, in the performance of our chip Fundamentally, subthreshold operates slower, but if you use architectural innovation and, and you really focus on the right markets, uh, you can overcome that quite easily. Okay. Um, so that said, with these markets that we are referring to, though, is that something your customers are asking you for? Will they take advantage of it faster speed if, if you offer it to them, or is that not even on their wish list at this point? Uh, it's absolutely on their wish list. So what we see across the board is a demand for more memory, more processing uh, horsepower. Um, but it, it's, it's not just any old bandwidth that they want. Increasingly, it's, it's AI computations, and it's all the computations that go into preparing data to, to, to run um, through a neural network. So um, it's Mac-heavy compute that they're seeking. Uh, and in some cases, they know exactly what they want to do. They make a headphone, and they want to add uh, voice recognition to it, or they want to add a really um, complex transparency mode for a headphone. Um, in some cases, they're saying, hey, I, I love this AI craze. Uh, I know I'm going to need some bandwidth, so show me something I can use in the future, and while you're designing it, I'll figure out what I can actually do with it. So you know, we're hearing a mix of things, but there is definitively uh, an ask from customers for more processing horsepower, but very specifically around neural networks and AI. Okay, that sounds like good stuff. Um, I look 
forward to seeing the next generation, and I, I definitely look, look forward to some of these end products. I know I've been, um, I've actually been a self-proclaimed beta user on some of these products and been very pleasantly surprised. Uh, why am I surprised? I don't know. I guess because I always play devil's advocate with, with everybody, but um, <laughs> I, I, but uh, I have been pretty impressed with the results you guys have been showing. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, we we have loved. I love seeing our products on the shelves. You walk into any uh, electronic store, go to Target, go to a department store, you're going to see products containing our chip on the shelves. And I've been really impressed with what our customers have done. So. Um, publicly, we've talked about companies like uh, Fossil and Citizen and Huawei and others, um, but there's a lot of companies we haven't announced that have some really cool products on the shelf as well. So um, if, if you're uh, going out and buying a wearable, there's a pretty darn good chance that our chip is inside of it. So um, definitely an exciting time to be uh, selling chips out there. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Scott, and best of luck to you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking. That was Scott Hansen. He is the founder and CEO of Ambic, and I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. Thank you, Scott. Have a great day. Thank you.